Hi, welcome to Bolt for Life. I am Garrett Bolt, actor, personal trainer, former powerlifter, pro wrestler, and chronic pain thriver. Bolt for Life is a podcast about living with the challenges of chronic pain. Our goal is to acknowledge, inspire, and relate to people living with chronic pain. I believe it is not only possible to survive, but to live a full life and thrive with chronic pain. No matter where you are in your journey, our mission is to give you the information and inspiration that will help you become Bolt for Life. Hey guys, Garrett Bolt here. I'm really excited. Special guest today, my wife, my person, my soulmate, Beth. She's an incredibly gifted mind. She graduated from Columbia University with honors. She's worked in emergency rooms and hospitals all over Manhattan. She was on duty the day of 9-11. Oh, she's worked with Dr. Oz at Columbia Presbyterian with heart failure patients. She's worked in functional medicine. On top of that, she's also been a figure pro. She's competed at a national level in women's physique competitions. She's won two women's bench press competitions, and she gave birth to our beautiful big-headed child. And with that, I introduce my lovely wife, Beth. (laughs) Hi. (laughs) Hi, baby. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Very happy to be here. I sound really good on paper. (laughs) I like that. Really good in person, if I may say (laughs) so. Thank you. Thank you for that intro. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and what you're passionate about? As you stated, I am a family nurse practitioner. I've been doing that for about maybe about 13 years now. And um, before that, I was an RN for about 10 years. And it's been quite an amazing journey. I love what I do. I love all of the things that I've done, some more than others. But I have a passion for helping people, which actually got started before I went to nursing school because my dad, um, he was sick for a while and I used to be his sort of his caregiver when he was in the hospital and he had kidney failure and he just you never took great care of himself I used to go to see him in the hospital every day three months before he um, passed away he was in the hospital he was in the hospital for three months and one of the things he said to me which you know I never forgot when I was putting lotion on his back and he said to me I hope you I had just started nursing school so he said I hope you are as good to your patients as you are to me And I'll never forget that. And so being involved with him in the hospital and helping him really kind of sparked my passion for the medical field and for helping people. And so, and that has helped me, I believe, really to be, to have that empathy and that gift for people when I see them there in the hospital or when they're sick and suffering. So my journey began there and it's been incredible. I worked in in med surge for a while and then I found the emergency room which was wonderful. Busy, 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 so mm-hmm. much fun. Worked with some great, great people and really had a chance to make a difference and then decided to go back to school to become a family nurse practitioner. And then as I was doing that, got involved in heart failure and did that for a while as a nurse practitioner in stage heart failure patients and then cardiac surgery with patients who, you know, were waiting for transplants. And then at some point around that time, I started having a passion for, I started working out. I loved it. And I loved to see, I loved to put the hard work in and see the results. And then I, I also began realizing how important nutrition was. And so then with that sparked this whole nother direction where I really um, real started to realize how important nutrition was. I became interested in integrative medicine 
functional medicine from that point on and started doing competitions, figure and physique competitions for the next few, I don't know, several years. And it's really sparked my passion for how important nutrition is. And the journey has sort of led me really to combine the two. And so today, as you know, we are so passionate about being active and leading a healthy lifestyle. And what I've come to realize over the past several years is how important it is that that link between chronic illness and nutrition. You know, I'm so passionate about helping people to realize that they can make so many changes in their health, so many, through just making changes in their lifestyle, and for the most part, their diet, but also their activity, and not to mention the mindset, which goes along with that too. But yeah, so I kind of bring that to the table now with what I do with my current position as a nurse practitioner. And I see so many patients with chronic illness because there's so much of that now. And we have a lot of really sick people. And I just want, sometimes I just want to shake them and just say, you know, just change this one thing today. You know, Mm -hmm. just stop drinking this soda or just take the sugar out of your diet and try to explain to them on a pretty basic level the importance of that and how, you know, what we put in really makes a big impact. Speaking of sugar, for instance, you know, Mm -hmm. and how how detrimental that is to our health and how much it is linked with inflammation, how important inflammation is in almost every disease process, not to mention diabetes, which, you know, pretty much makes everything worse. That brings me to the the one thing I love to tell the patients about health, which health is on this continuum. And so we're always moving in one direction or another. And depending on every decision we make every day, every choice is going to move us in one direction or another. You know, if I choose to take a bite of this donut today, it's going to push me in the direction of poorer health leading towards, you know, illness, diabetes and disease versus I'm going to put that donut down. I'm going to take a bite of this. You know, I'm going to have some blueberries. It's going to move you in the other direction, you know, when it's never static. And that's one of the things I like to share with my patients to really help them to get a sense of understanding how every single choice we make is going to help get us to where we want to be. Yeah. That was a long answer. No, no, it's it's great. I love it, you know. And I mean, I've been the fortunate recipient of of your experience and your strength. And I know dad would be proud, you know, and I I see the way you care for your patients. And, you you know, I've been so fortunate to have you in my life and all your experience. And that's why we want to share it with everybody on the podcast is that those changes, I I, I love, you know, I, I know I was pretty stubborn, didn't want to make a lot of changes. And it's tough, you know, you know, when your body's you feel like your body's betraying you. I, I felt like, you know, I've, I've given up this, I've given up that. I don't want to give this up. And I, I love what you said is that I can add something to it or I can make this one change. And it's the little small changes. If I, may, if I stay in today, what can I do today? Not jump ahead to tomorrow or not jump ahead to what I used to do, but stay in the day and make those small changes. They really add up. They do. I think that's the only way it really works or lasts because... I see so many people who then just want to do, all right, I'm going to change everything today. I'm going to give up all of this and I'm going to start eating only salads and, you know, very unrealistic goals and just too big and overwhelming and it doesn't last. And so that's where that one, you know, one little change today. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, tomorrow I'll make another decision to change one thing and stick with that for a while. And then after a couple of weeks, let me revisit this and see well, what else can I change today? I believe that when people really do that are able to just make that little change and keep going, Mm -hmm. instead of feeling like they don't have control over their bodies or whatever's going on, it's very empowering. Absolutely. Because they are making that choice and they know that that choice is a positive choice and 
hopefully to make to help them to understand that that is leading them in a direction that they want to be in yeah. where they can thrive and achieve their goals you know there's so many things that are that we can't control mm-hmm. that occur and so of the things that we can control there are many you know and so putting the right things in it is so important and a lot of people don't really make that connection but it's it's basically you know it's crucial eating good foods mm-hmm. you know not eating junk not eating processed foods and you know a lot of people are very sensitive to dairy and gluten and don't realize it and so mm-hmm. you know if they can manage to just take those some of those things out of their diet and see how they feel and you know be diligent about it and and to see if there's any change in how they feel at least just try it mm-hmm. and i know it's really challenging for a lot of people first of all just to accept to try to make the change or even to make that connection that food can be you know, in any way contributing to anything, but I always try, I never tell anybody what they need to do or should do, but I try to gently suggest that, you know, what's it gonna hurt to try this? Because if it does help, then great, you know, without having to uh, have more complications or add another medication. And, you know, Mm -hmm. there's no side effects to trying just clean up your diet by just taking a lot of the junk out, processed foods, fast foods, you know, sugar, Things like that. And so that's the first thing, because without proper nutrition, I, I truly believe, I mean, that's the foundation. And without that, a lot of times we're just spinning our wheels. And, you know, I can say, and the challenge for me is, you know, first of all, you're in pain. So your cortisol levels mm-hmm. go up and you want to eat junk food. I mean, you want right. to eat sugar. Comfort. I, I, my thing is sugar, um, carbs, you know, and that, that was a big challenge. I, I like, though, one of the things that you suggested to me to change my diet was not to first take away something, but add something in that mm-hmm. was good. And I think like like an example would be, I didn't necessarily take out the dairy at first, but I tried almond milk. And I'm like, almond milk's pretty good, it's flavored. And I added that, and for, for a while I was doing almond milk and milk, but then eventually it's like, well, hey, you know what? I could just do almond milk. And that started, and I'm not 100% off dairy even now, but I eat a lot less of it, I consume mm-hmm. a lot less of it. Mm-hmm. So I like that idea of, because first of all, I mean, for me, being in chronic pain, it feels like everything everything is a struggle, and it's a struggle just to hang on to any any little thing, you know. So the idea of taking something away seems even more, you know, mm-hmm. if, if, like pain's already taken away my time, mm-hmm. pain's already taken away yeah. you know, my ability to do this, and then so now you're taking away this. So I like that idea right. of adding something yeah. too, and then for me that was and, and small steps, you know, yeah. like you suggested. I know it's it's so challenging because there's also the control part of it mm-hmm. you know yeah. I mean like I know early on when we got together it was like I would try to tell you what you needed to do <laughs> yeah. and I have you since learned that. <laughs> that that does not work used to be very good at telling people what they should how they right. should do things <laughs> well it's kind of your job in a yeah, way yeah <laughs> in a way but I've learned a different way now sometimes I just need to bite my tongue or lead by example that's the other thing you know and just kind of be patient I know it's really really hard to make changes when you're feeling really really lousy mm-hmm the comfort of eating and just doing what you want, you know, eating good foods, eating sugar or whatever is who wants to give that up. And like a patient I just saw earlier today was extremely frustrating because she was so consumed by her disease and her pain. And to make any suggestion for her to change one thing would have been, I mean, it it definitely would have fallen on deaf ears, you know. I think the really important to just kind of try to meet people where they are at that moment and Mm -hmm. see, you know, is there one little thing today just one thing, even small, that you can just change, tiny. Yeah. I mean, you know, you've yeah. learned that. And just creating a new habit of making a change or making a decision to change something. And instead of looking at it as like giving something up mm-hmm. or a painful change, if we could try to help people to look at it as taking control, 
Mm. You know, instead of giving that up, your body is completely out of your control and betraying you mm-hmm. when you're in pain or when you're sick. One of the biggest things for me to replace was bread. I just I, I had a really tough time giving up bread. And what we did was Beth suggested that I try rice cakes, which you may now regret because I eat almost nothing but <laughs> now rice I cakes. Now I want them off the rice cakes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have a tendency to overdo things. You'd never oh, guess that, goodness. right, from knowing my story. Uh, I, <laughs> so, so I said, well, why don't you try these? I think you even bought them, and they were the good flavored ones. You know, now when she buys them for me, she buys me the plain ones, you know, with no flavor. But, <laughs> but, but, but the first true. ones, Sometimes the first ones were free, you know. <laughs> and but honestly, I tried the rice cakes. I liked them, and before you knew it, I I had this great alternative to bread that I had not previously thought of. And now I don't eat bread. Uh, occasionally, gluten free bread, but that was a big step in getting me to a gluten free diet. And it's great to see it will be ten years that we met. It's great to kind of look back over our relationship and my chronic issues and and chronic pain and to see how our health has evolved over that time and the the changes that we've made. And then with the addition of our son who just turned six and his dietary needs and wanting a gluten-free diet for him for for medical reasons and that being a motivator for us to make the changes, you know, but it it didn't, like you said, it didn't happen all at once. It's been a very gradual change. And I hope that we continue to keep evolving Mm -hmm. as we learn more and we find more things and and hopefully growing and thriving. And I think really important to have an open mind too and to suggestions because I can be a little stubborn and pig-headed sometimes too no. when <laughs> 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 so as a not a conversation not that long ago about <laughs> making sure we always every now and then reevaluate mm-hmm. what we're doing to make sure that it's still what we want and it's still that we still agree with it together and individually and to make sure that we're hopefully on the right track for what we're trying to achieve right, because and things you, change yeah and we can never know for sure but we try to get as much information as we can and make the best decisions Absolutely. And um, and if you're not okay with that, then that's something that I need to accept and be open-minded to that, you know, it's not always my way. And sometimes it takes time to accept certain things. Sure. And, and you know, I can remember a time uh, where we, before we had Jake, and we were able to try a lot of different things. And I kind of got to the point where, like, um, not everything works. And I really got to a point where it's like, I, I just can't try another thing right now because it might not work. You remember Mm -hmm. that. And that that was a a challenging time. But, you know, a little bit of time and patience and open-mindedness, eventually I became a little more receptive. Do you mean with foods or supplements? Um, Foods. And we had also at uh, some point had tried uh, a couple different treatments when you were working at the Uh functional medicine practice. We had tried... the machine, right, uh, the pump. Thank you. Yeah, the pump machine, um, which was a great opportunity. But it was just there. There were certain things. Well, we'll try this. This didn't <laughs> yes. work. We'll try that. This yes. didn't work. And then I was just like, I don't want to try anything. I've just I've had it. It might not work. And that was kind of a challenging time. But I feel like we've we've come to a, a better, more even pace. Mm-hmm. More recently, with acupuncture, you suggested acupuncture and. Well, our neighbor has an acupuncture practice, mm-hmm. so that's something that, you <laughs> Suggested know. Suggested it nine years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know, pra- what, what did you say? Patience and open-minded? Well, okay. what, that's what I've learned. It's, you yeah. know, I have to be, it's yeah. patience. Well, it's and, been such a journey for me, too, to, to really look at myself and see, you know, how, how am I presenting this? And mm-hmm. first of all, 
I may think that I know what's best and I might be wrong, you know, so I need, and that's Maybe. something that I've learned. <laughs> yeah, I, I said might. <laughs> that's something that was a, actually has been a big lesson for me because I still tend to feel like I know, I know what I know. I know certain things mm-hmm. and I believe certain things to be true, but that doesn't mean it's either the right thing for this person, you or, right. you know, patience, yeah. or it could be, but it's not right at this time. Right. Because if someone's not, like I learned with, you know, through us, with us, if you're not open and ready, it doesn't matter how good the treatment or the decision is because mm-hmm. it's not going to work because, first of all, you're not invested in it. You don't believe in it. And right. so, therefore, you're not going to follow through. Mm-hmm. So it has to be the right time. And no one can make someone ready. Right. You know, that has yeah. to come from that person. So yeah. that's been a really big lesson for me that I've learned, and I believe that. And so that's something that us together has taught me and helped me bring to my patients, you know, the patients suffering with chronic pain or chronic disease, or also then if I sometimes speak to the caregivers regarding, you know, the loved one that's suffering, to try to remind them gently that, you know, we can only do so much and you can only make so many suggestions and it's it's got to be on that person's time, mm-hmm. you know, and that's hard because you just want to get in there and you know, this is what you sh- this is what you have to do, and this is when you have to do it, and it's going to fix you. You know, right. but it doesn't work that way. I've heard it said that that the caregivers and the loved ones of people with chronic pain go through the same. They suffer the same as the person with the pain without the physical pain, but the emotional and the mental pain can be just as bad. Do you think that's true? Oh, absolutely. Because you're as close to that person as, you, aside from me feeling the pain as you do, I'm probably the closest person. Um, person who understands the most of mm-hmm. what you're going through and yet there's nothing I can do about it as far as fixing it when we first met we first got married and this started to become an issue and you were diagnosed with RSD it was such it was so difficult for me to accept that I couldn't fix it mm-hmm. and I still struggle with that today as, as you know yeah. but I was um, you know there were days where I just couldn't stop researching and trying to figure things out, and I just couldn't accept it. I couldn't fix it for you. So yeah, I think it's that definitely is extremely challenging, and oh, there's so much. I mean, gosh, it's so important for me every day to remember that you're the one dealing with the pain, mm. and then that's the the big challenge that comes in with caretakers is how do I not get so consumed by that that I forget about what I need? The trick is to not forget yourself, mm. to not forget about mm-hmm. taking care of yourself. To remember that you are your own person and to not get mm-hmm. totally consumed by that, by the pain. Um, Do you see that with your patients and when you talk to people with chronic pain and you deal with that? With their caregivers. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Any chronic condition, mm-hmm. the caretakers. Um, you know, I try to remember what I've been told and what I try to do for myself and share that with them. So, you know, r- things that I've learned along the way and been told and that I'm I work on every day to remember to um, get out with friends, Mm. you know, take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Remember what you love to do. Remember who you are. Remember what makes you happy. And one of the biggest things that I remember learned from one of the therapists um, that I had seen years ago in some counseling was to remember to do the things that fill me back up. Mm. Because as a caregiver, you know, you're always giving and giving and you know, when the well runs dry, you have nothing left to give, and then what happens? I see it in my patients all the time, and I've seen, you know, little bits in myself every now and then, or at least going in that direction, you know. 
um, becoming bitter, becoming bitter and resentful and angry and frustrated and impatient. And it's a huge red flag that I need to step away and readjust what I've been doing. You know, remember to just take, even if it's five or 10 minutes, just to go for a walk, get outside, read a book, the things mm-hmm. that make, you know, that make me happy. Yeah, I think a big part of our story and issues, we, we have our six-year-old son, Jake, who's amazing. And how do you feel um, the chronic pain has affected our family dynamic? Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> You've never asked me that question before. <laughs> you know, <laughs> It's interesting. I, I thought about it, and we, we deal with it on a daily basis. We make adjustments. We, um, you know, I have my limitations. Um, you know, we have our responsibilities and limitations, and, and it's, it's a huge challenge, you know. And the silver lining of all my surgeries and my limitations is that I have been able to stay home with Jake in a lot of situations, and I have been able to be a caregiver to him and, and help to raise him and be more part of that. And obviously the downside is I'm so limited in the things I can do, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and I, I have to plot out. I have to um, manage my time. I have to manage my energies. Um, now he's getting older. He's getting involved in martial arts, which is one of my loves. But I'm limited in how much I can do with him. I'm grateful that I can still do some things, you know. Um, but I definitely feel that, and um, I feel really fortunate that he has a really athletic mother who's really able to kind of take up some of the slack, you know, I, mm-hmm. that I feel. I feel mm-hmm. it's it's things that I would want to do with them. Thank but you. But I feel that that's been such a huge thing for us to balance and use those tools to be able to get the most out of what we have, right? It's a lot about management. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that is so important to me is to remember that how I deal with the situation and acceptance of your chronic pain and limitations is really important because he's watching everything we do. I think it's great that he he now has an understanding. We've had to keep it at his level so he understands where I'm at. And now he knows, you know, especially with my recent surgery, okay, he, he has more of an understanding. You know, daddy had a back surgery. He can't do this because of his back. And daddy used to do this, but now he can only do this. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that's been really useful in, in keeping him at his level involved and not trying to just ignore it or push it out of it or pretend like things are normal, which is, is what I want to do. I don't want to have to say, yeah, my back hurts, I can't do this, or I'm limited, you know, I need to rest. We're teaching him how to handle adversity. I mean, there's always a silver lining, and there's always, you know, focusing on the positives that come out of it, right? That's how we, we've been living this. One of the great things that we've done is we, we've sought out therapy and we have a great therapist. And, um, you know, I, I love what, what she came up with the idea of, of it's almost like there's a third person in the relationship, you know. And, you know, with our son, it's like there's it's almost like there's a, another person in the family, you know, and, and that's the chronic pain. And it's I have to correct you. Yes. <laughs> this is the wife and me. <laughs> <laughs> I came up with that because for the longest time I felt that that pain was that other person in our relationship. Yeah. And I get very angry at that person because they get right in the middle mm-hmm. and right in the way. And I can't reach you on an emotional level sometimes. And that's really hard. Anyway, with that being said. Yeah, I give you due credit. You did come up with that idea and the therapist kind of kind of stole it from me. She, stole it. <laughs> she has to give me credit with that. She's going to use yeah. it. Oh, yeah. the name. Yeah. Mm. So we named it F***ed. 
So that seemed but like we a can't, pretty good. Yeah. Thing. So F F H F H F H for short. So keep so, it clean. You know, yeah. You don't necessarily get a break from it. There might be good days and bad days, but it's always there. You know, mm-hmm. it's that, mm-hmm. like you said, that third person in the relationship, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, I think because it tends to be kind of isolating mm-hmm. and hard to talk about because you feel like no one else really, no one really understands it. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you feel that way. Yeah. And dealing with the pain, you know, going through this together. I I've, remember when you were doing the, starting the support group. Yeah. And I was thinking how right. I was thinking how great it would be to have a a support group for caregivers. Yeah, which absolutely. You know, it's something that we maybe down the road can pursue. I think it's a great idea to have support for the people that give support and the people that are caregivers and loved ones. Um, knowing that there are other people out there. Yeah. That are going through the same thing. Yeah. And you know that's why we love the format of the podcast because as you know. Anybody with chronic pain has the hardest time. That was the biggest challenge we had with the support group was getting people to show up. I mean, try getting any three people, healthy mm-hmm. people together at one place at the same time every week or every month. It's pretty challenging. You know, and then try getting a group of people with chronic pain together. Right. And I imagine the same issue with people that are caregivers. Yeah. They're, they're, they're always on duty or they're always working or they're always coming home to this mm-hmm. or this, that. No time. So, There's yeah, no time I for mean. That. We're really fortunate with this great medium with the podcast, and we can connect to social media. We can connect to our webpage. We can connect to a lot of different formats and hopefully really get people involved and, and sharing what works for them and what doesn't work for right. them. You know, If you're a loved one of someone who's dealing with chronic pain or has just been diagnosed with chronic pain, um, I would say one of the most important things to remember is that they're really going to need your love and support more than anything, but you have to remember to step away from it and live your life and do the things that make you happy Um, you know get out and make sure you connect with other people who are not in pain you've got to step away from it sometimes and that way when you come back you're fresher and you're able to give more because there are going to be days when you're going to want them to give to you and they can't because they're just trying to get through the day and if you can try to not take that personally and remember how much they love you and need you and want you by their side, and there will be brighter days, I think that will be just invaluable. You don't lose yourself in that person and don't lose yourself in that situation because it may be a long, you know, long journey. I think that's just really one of the most important things I can pass on to someone, you know, to you. That's great. That's great advice. You know, I hope that if there's people out there dealing with chronic pain or chronic illness that are in a relationship that we can find something we can really help them to see that at least share with them what we've learned because I don't know the percentage but I, we know that there it is really difficult for people in relationships with someone with chronic pain I mean there are a lot of again I don't know the percentage but a lot of the relationships yeah they dissolve yep we, we know several high stories percentage. personally yeah, yeah. High, high percentage you know, yeah. because it's not easy and yeah so I hope that we can, uh, through our struggles and our triumphs and our tough times, mm. we can, you know, share that with people because it's it's definitely there. There have been really challenging times. Absolutely, but we're still here. We are. Got to keep going. Yeah. Keep moving forward. We learn so much about each other and about ourselves too. You know. Absolutely. And stronger for it. Absolutely. Oh, it's so great having you here. Thank you so much for sharing just a little bit of what we've been through and. We're just barely scratching the surface, so thank you so much. 
Oh, thank you so much for having me. Looking forward to coming back and sharing more of what we've learned along the way and seeing how else we can help people who deal with what we deal with. This has been wonderful. Thank you. Well, I want to thank again my wife, Beth, for being on the Bolt for Life podcast. I mean, it was a really great opportunity to talk about a relationship and some of the things that we've learned along the way. And it was great to hear her experience about how she's learned to take care of herself so that she then has more to give to me and to my son. And I can't wait to have her back on the show. And if you know anybody that's living with someone in pain or someone that's living with pain, and they need help or they found something that helps, we'd love to hear from you guys. You could reach out to us at BoltForLife.com. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook, the Bolt for Life podcast, YouTube, anywhere that you can reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. And just remember, you don't have to do this alone, whether you're living with chronic pain or you live with someone with chronic pain. And that's what the Bolt for Life podcast is all about, is sharing and relating and helping one another. Our goal is to help you or anyone that you might know to live and thrive with chronic pain. And you can help us out by subscribing or giving us a review on iTunes or anywhere else that you hear Bolt for Life. On the next episode of the Bolt for Life podcast, we will have Billy and Kim from Rebel Hot Yoga. It was so great to meet them and get to know more about their story and what they do and what they've been through. If you're looking for something to do, an activity, a way to help deal with your chronic pain, this is a must listen. Thanks again. This is Garrett Bolt for Bolt for Life.